talking to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that you, your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This is my command, that you love one another. Amen. And our message this day, love on them like he loved on you. Look at your neighbor and say, I got to love on you like he loved on me. <laughs> Amen. And we don't think about that. We usually have choices when, the, when we choose, think about loving on people. We forget the love that Christ has already demonstrated toward us. And therefore, we get picky and we begin to choose. But if you really love somebody, you do all that you can in Jesus' name in order to uh, love on them. And there are certain characteristics about love that you cannot uh, just, just take for granted. You have to understand the love that God has uh, given to us is a unique love. Even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And so we have to remember that he sacrificed his life before we got our little life together. We thank God that from the foundation of the world, it had already been planned that he would sacrifice himself for us. How many of you have been abused by friends, used by friends, betrayed by individuals, whether a brother or a sister or a family member or your boss or things of that sort? Uh, you, you can say, I'm not going to love on him or I'm not going to love on her. I'm not going to love on them because of what they've done for me. But Jesus gives us this explanation here. He says, I command you, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He didn't just talk about it. He demonstrated it for us. And therefore, we as children of God need to have in our mind and even in our spirit that we want to have the mind of Christ in order to love on people that are unlovable or continue to love on those that are even receiving it, uh, being kind to those who are being disregarded or marginalized is our responsibility. If you look in Matthew chapter 10, uh, and if you read Matthew chapter 10 and you go down probably around 31 uh, or, or further, you'll find that he said he's separating the sheep and the goats. He said, I, the people on the right, he said, I'm going to give them a special privilege because when I was sick, they came by. When I was hungry, when I was thirsty, that's one of my favorite, favorite passages of Scripture. You say, well, why is that? Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. He said, when you do it unto the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. We have no choices on who we might help. We have to love them as he loved on us. Has he done anything for you? Has he loved on you while you were unlovable? Even when you had a bad day, he hadn't left you. Even when you ignored him, didn't even say good morning, he's still available to us. And we have to have this mind in us. It, and Philippians tells us, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. He said he existed, he did not regard the equality with God that he should grasp it. But he emptied himself. 
He emptied himself and became a bond servant. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to empty ourselves and become humble before God. No more I, but the Christ that's in me. We have to love on them as he loved on us. Amen. And if Christ has loved on you, let me see your hand if you believe that Christ loved on you. And I did that on purpose. We want to make sure that we understand that if he loved on us, he's given a commandment right here. He said, I want you to love on them as I have loved you. We need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Christian love, either towards God or towards man, is an affair of the will, which means that we have to desire, we have to want to, love on others. It's not going to automatically come. God's not going to. No, you have to want to. You have to want to love God, and then you have to be want to uh, desire or will to love on others. It has to be a conscious choice. It has to be a choice. You have to make up in your mind that either you're going to do what Christ says, or you're going to do what you desire to do, or do what the world is doing. He's asking us to do something very special. The first thing you find, even in your outline, is that the Lord gave us instruction on how we ought to conduct ourselves in Christian service and secular society. You say, well, why did I put secular society in there? Ladies and gentlemen, because we'll act one way in church and we'll have, act a different kind of way when we get out there in the world, but what we are in the church should represent what we are in the world. Somebody say amen. We're lights of the world. We come in here, we light each other up, then we need to go light someone else up. We need to make sure that we conduct ourselves in a way. He's given us instruction. And I like verse number 12, but he said, this is my commandment. You need to understand, Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was about to be crucified. He was going through the trials and things of that sort. And he knew what was about to happen. This is one of his last commandments that he gives to us. He says, this is my commandment on my way out that you should love others as I have loved you. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to demonstrate it to you. I'm going to lay down my life uh, uh, on your behalf, but I'll also pick it back up. You won't understand those things right now, but listen, remember, this is my commandment that you love. The love is vertical, ladies and gentlemen. It's vertical. It means that you have to have a, a relationship with God. How can you say you love God and you don't love your neighbor? You have to have that vertical. Somebody are all vertical, and then some are no vertical. They just know something about God, and so they begin to perform. But ladies and gentlemen, love is vertical with God, then love is horizontal with man. How can you say you love God and you don't love your neighbor? How is it that you don't reach out to those that are right there in front of you, the opportunities that are there? There's always somebody that's doing uh, 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 worse than we are. There's always somebody who's at a, at a sadder state. Their circumstance, their situation, it's not even that they have called it on themselves, but sometimes in life, ladies and gentlemen, we have to realize that people have gone through trials, but God has sent you as a medical worker. 
as an as a agent from heaven to minister to those who are less fortunate. Give them encouragement along the way. As Jonathan has demonstrated for us this morning, we have our own trials, but then there's somebody else that needs us to pray. So even out of our pain, we pray for somebody else. And we'll find that God will ease our pain. Amen. As we have, he'll make a way. He said, all I needed you to do, like Job, Job went through a whole bunch. And his friends didn't help him at all. But he said, when, what I need you to do, Job, I need you to pray for I need you to pray for them. I need you to minister to them. And therefore, his healing came about when he had released to God. Everybody says love is vertical. Love is horizontal. Love is commanded of God. Ladies and gentlemen, he didn't give you a say. It's a suggestion. Love when you feel like love if you won't. No, if you were my disciple, you love one another. And the sad point is that if we can't love each other in the household of faith, now that's sad. How many of you have seen it over the course of your years? Seen it where this dissension in the church, that's a sad commentary. Everybody in here ought to get along with everybody in here. Somebody say amen. And we need to understand that God has given us the instruction. That he has given us instruction that for Christian service, uh, even in Christian service or secular society. It's vertical, it's horizontal, and it's commanded. Not only that, verse number 13, I thank God uh, for his word. Amen. Verse number 13 speaks to us. It says, greater love has no one than this. Then a man lay down his life for his friend. How many of you have a friend like that? A person that would just, just take a bullet for you. That's what had been promised uh, before, before we, we, we plead guilty. Before we plead guilty, we, we, I'll, take a president, uh, 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 I'll take a bullet for that man. And then when the pressure really comes down, will you really take a bullet? Everybody listening? We need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, when push comes to shove, we'll find out if we really love God or not. Amen. We need to understand. He's saying to us, greater love than this, than a man lay down his life. The, the Lord made an ultimate investment for our salvation and stewardship uh, Stewardship of our relationship with others. It said he made a great uh, sacrifice, uh, an investment. And the first thing you need to understand is there are four loves. Everybody say four loves. Four loves. There's only one that the Bible is really uh, emphasizing for us, and that we'll focus on that. The first is agape love. Agape love is unselfish. It's an unselfish love. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about giving. It's about sharing with others. It doesn't worry about if whether we receive it back. A good passage to read is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In its entirety, just 13 verses, it tells you the characteristic of love. And it, takes, it also shares with you the attributes of God. That's what God is. God is love. Amen. And it's unselfish. What does it look like to have a selfish individual? Uh, uh, you say, I love you, but they don't share. 
It's, it's a sad commentary when we people just say they love us. That's not agape love. That's something else. I don't know what it is, but it's something else. So eros love is a sexual love. Go on and write it down. That's how we got here. Amen. A sexual love, eros love, that's not in the Bible, but that was in the Greek culture for sure. Uh, uh, that's, that's how they express it. And they really had a love for their brothers. They would lay down their life uh, for their brother or their sister or persons that they really were connected to. So agape love is unselfish. Eros love is sexual love. Uh, and storge love is family love. Familiar, you got your associates, you got your children, you got the grandchildren. We got mom and daddy, we got uncles and them. Then we also have fictive families. Fictive families is something that they say in social work. Uh, when you have a fictive family, that means that we as African Americans, we usually say that's my uncle and they ain't got no blood, no relation, no nothing. We just make up a family. They say fictive. I think that means fictional family. But anyway, they got a nice little word called fictive families. Amen. Where we adopt people in and say that's my cousin, that's my sister, that's my, you know. And so, but the point is, uh, that's a storge love. That's the love that we should have. And then phileo love is a friendship love or a brotherly love. That's me and Alan. We are brothers in the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. We have to have that brotherly love where we really love each other. And I like this explanation. It says agape love is the best because it uh, be best of its kind because God has demonstrated that for us. I don't know what I wrote. All right. Uh, and it says that it's good for us in all circumstances. All right. And so we need to understand that agape is best. It is the kind God has for us and is God good in all circumstances. I thank God for that. All right. So agape love is all, write this down for sure, giving. It's not about getting. Ah, yeah, that's it. We got to understand that agape love is not about receiving or not in, in any context. When he said, those of you who have done a good deed on my behalf, he said, because you served others. When I was hungry, you gave. When I was thirsty, you gave. When I, when I needed shelter, you gave. It's all about giving. Agape love is not about receiving at all. It's all about Giving. It's all about giving to others and ministering to others where their need is. That is our responsibility to love on them as he has loved on us. I'm almost finished. The Lord, the Lord desires to establish an intimate relationship with believers. How I many of you know that he really wants to be your friend? He said, I didn't call you a slave. He said, I called you my friend. And he said, if you do whatever I command you, that means it's conditional. That means that uh, if you don't do what I say, then it's going to be hard for me to call you my friend because a friend does what he say. How can you say, Lord, Lord, and don't do nothing I say? We need to understand that he says it's my my. My friend, if you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, verse 14. He said, verse 15, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friend for all things that I 
heard from my Father, I have made known to you. First, you got friendship, you got fellowship, and you have faithfulness. You have friendship between God and ourselves. We have fellowship with God because of the relationship he has established. It's an intimate relationship. Then the faithfulness of God, uh, even before his father, he said, what my father told me, that's what I told you. How many of you have a good friend? How many of you really have a good friend? It's really all about that. And then there's a song that has been written by the Hawkins family. Lady Tremaine sang it uh, years ago in Love Alive. And she says, he's that kind of friend. Because you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, we need friends in these days and these times. And some of you say, well, I don't have any friends. I recommend Jesus because he's that kind of, well, what kind of friend is he? And that the lyric says, if you ever need a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I recommend Jesus. He will never, never forsake you. I recommend Jesus. Even though he knows everything uh, there is to know about you, he still loves you. He said, I recommend Jesus. He loves you in spite of. He loves you in the midst of. He loves you in between. He knows you're good. He knows you're bad. But he loves you anyway. And then he's commanding you and I. He said, I made you my friend. I'm recognizing you as my friend. I need you to love on them like I'm loving on you. Don't ask for anything in return. I will take care of you. I will supply your every need. He walks right in front of you always to protect you. You know, even when the devil tries to do you some harm. He said, it, and they, they conclude the song with this. If it's in your heart, you take him in, new life will begin. How many of you got the new life, ladies and gentlemen? How many of you know him for yourself? Ladies and gentlemen, he's the best friend that you and I could ever have. I recommend Jesus. For your friendship, your fellowship, and his faithfulness toward us and toward his father. Last of all, we find, ladies and gentlemen, that the Lord maintains a special involvement in our future. I said he maintains. He gives us instruction. He gives us an invest his own time, uh, his own blood on our behalf. He develops an intimate relationship with you and I. But he's still involved. I got some good news for you. He chose you. Oh, that's in that passage. I don't know about you, but I've been ignored. I remember in middle school, uh, we had the, 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 the white shorts and a white T-shirt and some Kmart shoes. And I stood skinny leg on the wall and got ignored, got picked around. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that doesn't feel good. Lawson was always first, but I was always last. Come on, somebody. But how many of you know that the first will be made? The, the first will be last, and the last will be first. When you come to the kingdom of God, he chose you. He knows all about you, and he chose you. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. I said that's good news to know that you are chosen. Not only that, but you are appointed. You're appointed to bring forth fruit. You're not here to be a bench member. You're here to tell somebody else about the good news of Jesus Christ. 
I don't know about you, but I thank God for putting me on assignment. Hallelujah. He chose me when nobody else chose me. When nobody else could help, love lifted me. Then he appointed me and then he anointed me. Anointed you to give you the abilities that you have. And then the supernatural power that comes upon you. You're tired. You're already going through your own things. And then he gives you strength to pray for somebody else. Strength to get in the car and go back to work anyway. Just strength to keep on moving. Even though you don't want to help anybody else. You got your heart broken too many times. You've been... Been vulnerable in too many situations. Therefore, I don't want to help anybody else, but you need to love on them like he loved on you. He promised, he said, whatever you do in this life, he said, it's going to remain. He said he promised that the, the cold cup of water and the blessings you sent to others, you might not see it, but it's not going anywhere. It will remain. Those lives that you have blessed, those people that you have blessed, and they don't give you any response at all. No contact with them at all. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to let you know that God said your fruit will remain. He says, all I want you to do is do what I've asked you to do. I chose you. I appointed you. I anointed you. I promised. And he said, when you got a need, all you need to do is pray. Just write that down. He hears and he promised to hear your prayer. He said, whatever you need for ministry, whatever you need to keep going, he said, when you pray to me, I'll provide it for you. He said, all I want you to do is love on them like I loved on you. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but he laid down his life. I say he laid down his life for me, and therefore I'm going to lay mine down. I might not feel like it sometimes, but I'm going to lay it down. I feel like giving up sometime. I'm just like you. You get tired of getting your feelings hurt. You get tired of being nice. You get tired of treating people a certain kind of way. But when I think about how God has saved me, how he has loved on me, when nobody else cared about me, he took me. He said, I got you. And then he said, I'm going to give you some wisdom. I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to give you my anointing. I'm going to give you my appointing. He said, that's all I need you to do is show up all I need you to do is show up he said I'll do the work he said all I need you to do is stay on task I need you to love them even when you have to cry cry and then get back up and go find somebody else he said I command you I'm getting ready to go to the cross he said I'm getting ready to die you guys don't even know he said I'm getting ready to lay down my life but I got some good news for you. He got up. I said he got up with all power in his head. And he told death, is that all you got? He, he told death, if this is all that you got, you need to come with another weapon. Because greater is he that is in us, ladies and gentlemen. Giving us the ability to love even though we don't feel like it. Some of you have that same experience right now. Some folk get on your nerve. God is saying, love on him like I loved on you. When you weren't that attractive, when you weren't that lovable, when you weren't that kind, he said, I still took you in. We need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, if you are seeking God, I heard this through the course 
of our reading. He said, if you are seeking God, you need to be serious about it because you wouldn't want him if he didn't want you. Think about that. Think about it. You wouldn't want him if he didn't want you, which means that he gives you the want to search for him. He gave you the want. He said, no, keep coming. Keep coming. You say, well, where's God? He said, you wouldn't even want him if he didn't want you. He wants us. We're here today. He lets you know that I love you. So therefore, I placed you in a certain area. There are some people in your presence that, that will press you down, that get on your nerves. He said, I just want you to remember something. I want you to love them like I loved on you. How many of you appreciate what God has already done in your life? How many of you really appreciate where he brought you? Amen. And then when you look back at how good he's been to you in spite of, even in the midst of, when you didn't feel like living safe, he still loved on us. Hallelujah. And he says, I just want you to love on others like I loved on you. That's so, it's, it's so simple yet so profound. Oh, how he loved you and me. Oh, how he loved you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you and me. Let's all stand to our feet.